As if there weren't enough things to worry about with all the recession chatter, now one big demographic is spending less money on stuff. We'll tell you who it is, why this is happening, and where the money they do spend is going. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half-finished basement in Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own, and we do it six days a week. Today's show is brought to you by Acre Trader, investing in farmland simplified. They have an explainer video there. They talk about farmland versus different asset classes. You can learn more at acretrader.com forward slash MWF for money with friends. Well, we're not going to talk about, well, well, maybe we are talking about acres and acres of malls today. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we're, we'll see where people are spending money now, where in terms of real estate, where they're going, and but more so what they're buying and what they're not buying. Rumor has it you spent your teen years in malls. Yes, I did spend a lot of time in the malls. And malls are a happy place. Malls support capitalism, which supports our economy. I'm going to defend uh, that. I'm going to defend that, Joe. <laughs> That is a slippery slope. <laughs> nothing bad ever happens at the mall, Joe. Nothing, nothing bad ever, ever. No. Let's, <laughs> I'm sticking by that. On that happy note, let's see which friend of ours is kicking off today's show. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. PE ratios, stock purchase plans. We must be preparing for another episode of Money with Friends. All right. The story comes to us from CNBC, and it is by Courtney Reagan. The headline is, teen spending falls as worries about the economy grow. When they splurge, they love Nike and Chick-fil-A. Teens are here. So here are the, they put at the top of the article the main points. Teens are spending less in the spring, less than in the spring. And that is according, by the way, and all this data pretty much is from Piper Jaffrey's 38th biannual, biannual Taking Stock with Teens Report. Teens annual spending is averaging $2,371, the lowest survey level since the fall of 2011. Favorite brands include Chick-fil-A and Starbucks for restaurants and Nike and American Eagle for apparel. Okay, here's the start of the main part of the article. As millennials age, Gen Z is taking over as the newest consumer group retailers and consumer brands are courting. Figuring out exactly what teens want is always a difficult task, perhaps even harder now, because teens are spending less than in the spring and at this time last year. Piper Jaffray is out with its 38th biannual Taking Stock with Teens report, a result of surveying 9,500 consumers with an average age just under 16 years old. Um, from 42 states, average household income is 65400 so that's probably middle class, I would think. Yeah. As market watchers and economists debate whether U.S. growth is slowing and a recession is near, teens are pulling back spending. According to the results, teen spending is down not, excuse me, 4% this year from last fall, down 10% from the wow. spring survey. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and then it gets into the numbers, um, which, as I said, was 2,371. What's more, just under one third of teens believe the economy is getting worse. That's up from just 25% last fall. So they're pretty pessimistic, Joe. 
They are. And while teens are spending, food still takes the top share of wallet for the males at 23. Man, when I was a teenager, that was me. At 23% of their spending, clothing top for females at 27%, though apparel spending is down 3% over last fall. The category swapped for second among the genders. Video game spending, third for males, and personal care, third for females. While outside the top three spending areas, shoes gain share among all teens, hitting peak historical spending levels. Chick-fil-A remains the favorite restaurant for teens, growing by six percentage points for upper-income teens from the spring survey. Starbucks holds the number two position. Chipotle Mexican Grill is third for upper-income teens, while McDonald's stays at number three for the average income group. Uh, It goes over Nike is the top brand for nine years running. Uh, American Eagle is the second favorite apparel brand for at least the fourth straight survey. Adidas uh, is uh, comes in as third favorite, and Lululemon moves up from the seventh spot uh, uh, to the seventh spot from eleventh in last fall's survey, landing its highest spot yet. Uh, there's a few other Champion, owned by Haynes, uh, cracks the top ten for the first time, and VF Corp Vans continues its trendiness with teens moving up slightly in preference. I want to. I want to move down. They talk about some other brands like Forever 21, uh, Victoria's Secret, uh, which has been falling a lot lately. It, it mentions Ralph Lauren uh, as well. But spending on handbags drops. Conscious consumers at the bottom of the piece. I want to focus on this. Mm-hmm. Gen Z pays attention to bigger issues. The environment ranks as the top political and social issue for the cohort, followed by immigration and gun control rounding out the top three. Some of the quotes featured from the teens on the issue include the burning of the Amazon rainforest, people throwing away plastic and not recycling, the planet is not a trash can, plus the fact that the president doesn't believe in climate change. <laughs> on immigration, the teens express their concern about about how unfairly immigrants are being treated and the kids are being taken away from their parents at the border. While vaping has become a public health issue with concerns growing regarding the number of mysterious deaths and, and illnesses linked to vaping devices, it ranked way down on the political and social issues teens are concerned about most, coming in at number 17. 82% of uh, teens did say that vaping is a trend at school, and 52% said it was more popular than last year. I'm surprised that vaping's not higher. By the way, without getting into any of the politics. People aren't always candid on surveys, Joe. (laughs) Well, and without getting. I mean, kids might say they're not. Sure. Absolutely. Without getting into the politics of any of those issues, though, I do like that teens way concerned with some of the big issues out there. Yeah. I'd be curious what you think. Do you think that they're spending less because they're aware of and concerned about the possibility that people think is growing of a recession? Or do you think they're spending less because they, for example, we joke about the mall, but they probably don't have to go to a mall to hang out with their friends because so much is happening virtually and they don't, you know, they're not in places where they're exposed to shopping, where they feel they have to spend money to be social. I I really don't know. What I do know is this, though. The, the header of this piece implies that teens are worried about the economy slowing. I don't think that at all. Right. That's my, that was my question, right? Is it really a tie to the recession or is it a cultural generational shift in that they're just not that into it? It might be tied to the recession a little bit, depending on where that money comes from. If that money comes to mom and dad, mom and dad may be, may certainly be worried about the recession and not the recession so much as, you know, grumblings at work that I might lose my job or that, you know, pay is being frozen or those types of things. So depending on where the money comes from, 
then maybe that's it. And then again, it might be their job too, you know, that they're worried about. If they've got a part-time job, they might be seeing a cutback from that as well. True. So, but these were kind of young. I think the implication, they said under 16, if I remember correctly. So they're yeah. not, that. they might, certainly they could be working at 15, but at 15, it's not necessarily that everyone is, I mean, at 18, you have a much, probably a higher population of them that are working for, you know, not allowance type stuff that they have real part-time jobs. So 15 year olds, some may have jobs, of course, but probably not as much. Um, I think one of the indicators that I think, as you said, it may be more of a cultural shift is that, um, in contrast to my Gen X generation, they don't seem interested in things like handbags. We were obsessed with handbags. I mean, people would buy multi-thousand dollar handbags and they're spending eh, under a hundred. You know, it's just not a thing anymore. They're just not that into having those show-offy kind of brand possessions the way that, and, and certainly not collecting them the way that we used to. Certainly they collect other things. I know sneakers are still really big, but that is a value shift, it seems like, tying into what you said about the fact that they're paying more attention to political issues. Well, I would say two things. Number one is is that uh, I do know that the wellspring of Bank of Mom and Dad hasn't slowed down. People haven't heard this yet, but uh, thought leader Josh Dorkin will be on the show next week. And uh, Josh, Josh and I uh, discuss an article there from the New York Times talking about how much money uh, people are giving their children and those numbers haven't sank. So I do know that. But what I do know, you and I, though, also, Bobby, we did a story maybe two months ago about Gen Z and and thrift shops mm-hmm. and Gen Z and and reusable stuff. So this idea of social consciousness and thrift shops, I mean, maybe that's where this springs from. Right. One of the interesting things is that this the rise of secondhand everything is in part to save money, but a lot of it is that it's become so socially acceptable and also applauded, celebrated is because it's considered eco-friendly. So it used to be kind of a sad, oh, you can't afford to buy new clothes. Now it's, oh, you're cool. You're buying secondhand clothing. You're looking out for the environment. And also maybe you're saving money, which is also good. So I think that's an interesting trend. Um, I, did it matter that the male and female things were different? I thought that was interesting. I did a little bit of a quiz online about that stuff. N- uh, no, and I'd like to hear the quiz. I will yeah. tell you this, though. I haven't seen a line outside of a store for shoes in quite a while. Like, And maybe I just missed them. But but on uh, about a week ago, outside of an Adidas store, there was a heck of a line. There was a monster line and it was mm. an, it was a new shoe coming out. And I haven't seen that in a while. So this idea of shoe manufacturers being further up the list, uh, I can say that colloquially, Joe yeah. driving by one shoe shop on a day that a shoe was coming out and I haven't seen one lately. I can confirm yeah. that. Well, there's always something and people, you know, it's, it's kind of taken for granted now, but the reality is that the value is really in, they want to have the best devices they want to have the right phone that is going to be socially acceptable among their peers. So maybe that's replaced the $1,000 handbag. They have a $1,000 phone. We don't think of them as $1,000 phones because they're broken down into easy, low payments or rentals. But yes. those are $1,000 mini computers all these kids are hanging are carrying around. Make no mistake about it. So the money is being spent on those. And I don't know that they mentioned that in this poll as something or if that fit in here. I don't remember seeing it. Well, let's dive into your poll. Okay, so we did a poll. I did two quick polls on what the top, one was about men, one was about women. So what is the top spending category for male teens according to this piece? 
And um, the results, because we already read the article, I'll just tell you the results, um, correctly guessed that the top one was food. Number two came in uh, video games was what our audience said was second. It was actually third. And um, the coming in last was clothing, which was actually second. For women, I want to say we also, our audience also guessed correctly with clothing as number one. However, they also got the number two one incorrectly. They said personal care was number two. It is, in fact, number three. And it was a close second, by the way, to clothing. And uh, what is actually the um, number two food came in a very distant third. So basically, clothing and personal care were almost tied for first with women. I'm just curious. Which makes sense because makeup was a big category in the story. I don't know if we got to that, but people do spend money on makeup still. Uh, uh, What about in person? What about video games of women? Uh, I don't know where it ranked. We'd have to go back to the article. I only did the top three. It wasn't in the top three. Oh, you didn't put it in the poll. I no, you. I didn't put it in the poll. I only put in the top three. And it was just it, it was just interesting that the answers, I think, men and women were different. That women, you know, the, the, the missing category in each one, women had personal care was in the top three. And then men had video games. Um, and clothing and food were reversed. For women, clothing first, food second. For men, food first, clothing second. Yeah. Uh, in just a second, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to have our takeaways uh, we're going to have our takeaways here. And, um, before we do that though, I'd like to say just a word about our sponsor, Acre Trader. The reason I like Acre Trader is because I grew up in the farm fields of West Michigan and worked in a ton of different fields. And I get a few things. Number one, they're not making more fields. Number two is this is an asset class historically that is, uh, had less volatility. And third, it's been tough to buy. Like the, the people that own the fields around me, were generally either career farmers and they built up that farm over time or they were seriously wealthy people. Now you don't have to be somebody who's seriously wealthy and you don't want to go into farming full time. You're just a landlord. Here's what happens. You end up buying a little piece of a farm along with a bunch of other people. So instead of having to buy the whole field, you get a subset of the field. uh, Acre Trader negotiates with the farmer, collects the rent. Every March when the field uh, before the crop even go in, they pay rent to you and you end up getting that rent check. Then several years later, when Acre Trader sells that field, you get your money. And of course, historically, if you look at, uh, at fields over time, that was potentially a good sum of money more. But there's a lot more to know. You want to know that all head to uh, acretrader.com forward slash MWF to check it out. There's a great explainer video. There's plenty of, uh, of uh, articles and blog posts and things there where you can learn more about how it all works. Uh, acretrader.com forward slash MWF. And if you use our link, that keeps us podcasting because they send us a thank you for sending you their way. So thank you very much to everybody who's done that. All right. Time for our takeaway. You want me to go first on this one? Deal. I will do that. You know, I want to point to my daughter who is, uh, who's, who's a millennial, but she acted this way. Uh, Bobby, she was always very concerned with, uh, these much bigger issues, but it didn't start that way. What started and we as parents can kind of help with this. This is one of the few things that I will give uh, Cheryl and I a big pat on the back for, because my daughter was a spendaholic and we saw it early on when she would get money from her allowance, it would immediately go bye-bye. And so because of that, we would circle back later and talk to her about, was that really a worthwhile thing to buy? And 
about knowing yourself and knowing that the fact like dad, she would need to hide money from herself. So what my daughter started doing was she became the queen of the thrift shop and finding a great deal. And now my daughter still prides herself on the fact that she's probably wearing better clothes than you are. And she's spending a heck of a lot less on them. And that seems to be, by the way, the trend here. And so as, as parents with teens, it's interesting. There might be some teachable moments here where you can teach your kids a little bit about spending money and about consumerism and about things that might uh, have to do more with our planet if you choose, if that's important to you. But, um, but I think my big takeaway is the fact that uh, kids, kids today might be worried about bigger things uh, if we help them out a little bit. I love that. And it's interesting because while you're here, you'll, you will hear, I say that a little bit differently. It's very much this, a similar theme to my takeaway, which is that the kids are all right. As they say, they aren't mindlessly spending as many of their parents did <clears throat> in the 1980s when shopping was considered a sport. <clears throat> they are concerned about politics and social issues, maybe thanks to more exposure to them on their devices. We vilify all these phones, but the truth is they can consume a lot of information for bad, but also for good sometimes. And the money that they spend is largely about being with their friends and being social. So kudos to them. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, this is all good news. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Bobby, where do people where do people uh, take part in your awesome polls? At Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter, but the polls are generally on Instagram stories, so follow us closely on there. And you can find out more about the show, our guest co-host thought leaders that are on other shows when it's not just Joe and I. Um, that's on our website at the at moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also get a schedule so you can be part of the show here on Facebook Live and get your comments possibly included in the show. That information, again, is on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Go to the schedule area. Speaking of that, coming up tomorrow, I believe your thought leader uh, on the show with you is uh, our good friend Chris Browning, isn't it? It is, yes. Making his debut as a season two cast member. Is it, and and if, if you know anything about Chris Browning, not only does he have an awesome voice that I want to steal, but he also has phenomenal, uh, phenomenal commentary. He's the host of the Popcorn Finance Podcast, mm -hmm. and I'm excited about listening into that one. Yeah, I'm excited to co-host with him. Well, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us today, whether you're watching or listening. We'll see you next time back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.